0: Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am thrilled to have you joining me today. And I was just away this past weekend. I went camping off grid and it felt amazing, like so good. It was the first camping trip of this summer and we went up this one lake and the cell service was really poor. There was definitely no Wi-Fi and it was just so, so nice to unplug. And it was interesting because I have an aura ring and I think most biohackers probably have aura rings at this point, but if you don't, I actually do have a discount code if you ever want one. But I was very interested to see kind of what happened with my sleep and what happened specifically with my HRV, which is heart rate variability. And the the I went for two nights. So I went for Friday night and Saturday night. And the Friday, I had a couple of drinks as you kind of do when you're camping. And I expected my HRV to be not that great, especially from all of the work to blow up the Zodiac, like the dinghy and the boating, getting the house ready. There's always just so much like running around before a trip. So my activity was really high that day. And then a couple of drinks and I just expected my HRV to be lower. And I was very surprised by the results. So I have my app open here in front of me and my average HRV for that night was 112 MS And the maximum was 193 MS. Now to put this into perspective, I (laughs) my HRV has not been that great lately. It's been better in May than it was in April. So April and March, I kind of went through quite a stressful period of time, just a lot of mental health things going on. And it was low. It was like 65 average let's say and may was definitely better it was well it is like 75 so it it is improving and i've changed some things in my routine to make it better but i was shook when i saw this result and now it like really it's really made me think like how what so What happened on that Friday for my HRV to be that high, right? What can I do? What type of settings, what type of environment can I duplicate in my normal life that was happening there that I can do now so I can get a higher HRV because, it's not necessarily that higher is better for HRV, but ugh, that's kind of what the overall notion is because it shows that your heart is very healthy and it's able to react to stress very easily and appropriately. So things that I've kind of thought about since then is we slept in a tent. So we were sleeping on the ground. We had a bit of an air, air mattress, but I was still basically on the earth compared to in an apartment on a bed. And the fresh air is obviously filled with like negative ions, healthy bacteria, and the smell as well can help regulate the nervous system. There was no blue light. There was no EMF. There was no Wi-Fi. I was barely on my phone and my stress levels were really low, right? Like other than the physical part of... Cleaning, packing, getting ready. I did a yoga class that morning for 30 minutes. And I was just really surprised. And mostly because every time I have alcohol, it really just plummets my heart health. My heart rate is higher, my temperature is higher, and my HRV goes lower. So to see these types of numbers with that situation was very intriguing. And now I'm really just trying to think about how can I bring this back? I I also, I don't know, my nutrition was okay that day. So I'm really just thinking about was it the stress management or was it the environment? Should I be looking at something like getting a grounding mat or a grounding mattress, topper, blanket, whatever to sleep on every day? Will that drastically improve my HRV like this did? I already don't sleep with my phone by me. I try to turn my Wi-Fi off at night, but I'm in an apartment building, right? So there's only so much that I can control in terms of EMF and Wi-Fi that I'm exposed to. So I was just very impressed by these numbers. And if you have any thoughts, seriously share them with me. If you have numbers like this on a daily basis, how? <laughs> how do you have that? Because I would love to be at that point. And I it's definitely a concern of mine if my HRV is trending down for. A month or more, right? That says that my mental health and my stress and my body is not in a healthy place and I need to be working on it. So this is something I'm definitely going to be bringing forward with me. I will say as well though, is that last year when I went camping for the first time, I think maybe it wasn't the first trip, but I remember when I went camping last July, it was also off-grid, even more off-grid than this was. And I had such a difficult time unplugging. Like I, I almost felt anxiety not being able to check my phone, check my emails, check social media, whatever. And it was kind of like this nervousness of being unplugged. And this trip, I did not feel that at all. I put my phone away. Of course, I took some photos and videos. But other than that, like I put my phone away and I was totally fine with not being bothered by anybody. No notifications and completely unplugging. And I was actually really happy about it. So I think that was really nice to see that I've come a long way since last summer and I have a much healthier relationship with technology, social media, and my work than I did last year. And this episode kind of ties into all of this. We are talking about self-care and especially self-care for women. Like what does that look like for women and why is it so different? I think we know generally what it looks like for women, but I don't think we often talk about why it's different. Why is wellness different for women? Why is biohacking different for women? And yeah, like right off the bat, you're like, oh, we're, we have hormones, different set of hormones, that type of thing. But there's a lot of like socioeconomic contributing factors that I don't think are talked about enough and that we kind of dive into today to be honest like we talk about like why in the first place do women feel the need to focus on self-care more and why do we focus on it more is there societal pressure to look a certain way to be a certain way to act a certain way are there expectations on women that are far higher than there are for men and is that a reflection of society and is the response to that a million dollar if not billion dollar wellness industry that preaches all of these products and tools and tips for women to be healthier. The answer is probably yes, right? So, that we kind of un we look at that, right? Like we undo some of this like pattern that we see in society and what we can do about it. And I am in no way against Wellness or biohacking, obviously. I just think we need to sometimes take a step back and understand where the need for this type of behavior is coming from. And is it coming from a healthy place? Is it coming from a sustainable place? Because I'm actually not quite sure. So I'm not going to fully get into this today, but even when I started biohacking and I started my health journey at the age of 16. It came from a place of insecurities because of some of the symptoms I was dealing with was affecting my hair, was affecting my skin, and which made me feel insecure, which made me wanted to get healthier, right? It was very appearance-based. And I think that's where a lot of women start their self-care journey, but I think it changes as you get older. And so we kind of talk about that and... The complexity of it. Yeah. It, it's just interesting. And I, of course I preach biohacking and self-care and wellness, but I want it to come from a place of taking care of your body and nourishing yourself to be the best version of yourself. And that doesn't necessarily mean look the best. That just means you feel good. You feel the best. You wake up with energy, you sleep well you can show up for the people that you love and show up for the work that you do as well. So yeah, we're kind of flipping the script a bit today. And so I I hope you get a lot out of this because I definitely did. And I always do, but enjoy this one. And a quick shout out to the sponsor of this episode, Silver Biotics. I have just started recently using silver and I think I'm a little late to the game with this one, but silver is antibacterial, antiviral, antiparasitic. It is a very, very potent and it has a very rich history of it being used in society across centuries, across cultures. And I found it fascinating when I was kind of digging through the history of this and how people have used it in different ways. So I currently use the supplement in the morning right now. It's a liquid supplement. So I like put it in my mouth and I actually use it as a mouth rinse for about a minute. So it can just cover my teeth and cover my gums and get rid of any bad bacteria, help with healthy gums and you know bad breath or anything like that. And then I swallow it and it really supports the immune system. It gets rid of phlegm. I was having phlegm a couple of days ago that was not looking too great. And now it's gone literally within two days. Of me taking this in the mornings. It's crazy. Silver is just very, very potent. And it's awesome to see a company like Silver Biotics make such a range of products with it. The other cool thing is their silver is actually nano, nano nano-sized particles, meaning it doesn't have any negative side effects. For people who've used silver before, it doesn't change the color of your skin. There's no blue tinge going on because the particles are so small. So basically what it does is it acts on bad bacteria in the body and then it's completely flushed out right away, which is what we want. So I also use this on my skin right now for a couple of dry patches and I'm using it on my dog Moose because he has yeast between his paws. And so this kind of helps kill that and get rid of that. And your dog has yeast between the paws when the fur is a different color than it usually is. So Moose is really light. He's a golden retriever. And if you like lift up his paws and look underneath, it's like a dark brown almost. So it's much darker than his coat. And the vet told us, like, this is yeast overgrowth. Like, we need to get rid of this. So we've been using the gel on that to support him. So, yeah, obviously, it's linked in my shop on my Instagram page. It's linked on my uh, website where I link all of the products that I use. And you guys asked for that, right? So, you asked for a place where the brands that I love could be, you could easily find the link, you could easily find the discount code. And I created that for you. So, anytime you buy anything, Before you buy anything, check if I have a discount code so you don't have to pay full price. Anyway, enjoy this episode and catch another episode next week. I think it's my 100th episode next week, so that's going to be a big one, and I'm super excited for it. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am thrilled to have you listening, as always. This week, we are diving into honestly, I feel like I say this about everything, but I love talking about female health. I love talking about self-care and it's kind of my whole world. So when I can have somebody who comes on the show, who just divulges all of her secrets and what she does, it just makes me super excited. And I know you as listeners are going to get a lot out of it as well. So today we have Dana Frost joining us, who is a wellness expert. She is a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner and educates women towards optimal health, which is my favorite thing. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. I'm excited to be here. So as always, what I always ask my guests in the beginning, I am so curious what got you to this point where you're at right now? What was it in your own health journey? What was it in your career? Like, How did you get to this point where you were like, look, I need to educate women on reaching optimal health?
1: Well, that's such a great question, Brittany. And honestly, it was my own health crisis. So I've been in the coaching industry since 2006. I started my practice while living in Brazil in terms of life coaching. But I had a health crisis in 2011, and which required a pacemaker implant. And I was 45 at the time, and it was a the way that the electrical conduction of my heart was functioning. It was n- In the Chicago area, there was no electrophysiologist who had ever seen this before with a woman my age. They ruled out viruses and other potential conditions that would cause the electrical conduction of the heart to burn out. And it was basically as if I had a worn out body part and it was the worn out, the electrical conduction of my heart wore out. And that typically happens to women in their 70s and they see that more often, 70s, 80s. And even though I was in the coaching industry and I was juicing way back in the ni- early 90s, I was juicing and I was, a, I loved being a home chef and a, everything that I ate pretty much came, was, were whole foods. If we talk about like whole foods diet, well, I had a whole foods life my entire adult life. And so I was, I came at this point in my health crisis, having been healthy, but I have to say the, what was happening in my life for the decade prior to this health crisis, Brittany was a lot of stress. We adopted two children, brother and sister by their mother, when we were, while we were living in Brazil in 2003. And so, and we had three daughters of our own prior to that. And this, it was a heavy lifting to bring in children who actually had had early childhood trauma. And we felt, I mean, I was a social worker by education and profession when we left the US and I really felt like we were up to the task. And I underestimated what really was required when you're parenting children with early childhood trauma. And even though there were a lot of like really wonderful aspects of it. I did have a lot of stress for 10 years, and I really do believe that that stress is what created the conditions for the electrical conduction of my heart to burn out. That's kind of the short, the, the initial impetus because it took me on, I would say, a journey, a health journey of figuring out, you know, what was under, what were the underlying conditions, discovering how stress impacts the heart and once the pacemaker was implanted my doctor said you were going to feel like your old self but i did not i was still just as tired actually i did have signs from my body that something wasn't right i had been incredibly tired but at the time i was coaching i all five children all five of my children were still at home my oldest had just graduated from high school and we were traveling a lot that summer, and I thought I'm just—it's stress. I'm just tired because it's stress. So fast forward to you know the the way that I actually got to a doctor, I I sliced my finger open pitting an avocado, and at, in the emergency room, the intake nurse noted my heart rate was 36 beats per minute, which is highly unusual unless you're a um, high caliber athlete. And so immediately the attention had nothing to do with my finger. They literally glued the injury together and I knew I needed a tetanus shot. I got a tetanus shot and everything really became focused on my heart. And I was admitted to the hospital. And then two weeks later, I had the pacemaker implanted after we did different tests, but never felt the same afterwards. I was still just as tired. All the symptoms that were nagging me we persistent, even though we knew now my heart was beating fine with a pacemaker. So that took me on this journey of discovering what was going on. And honestly, I didn't get answers through the conventional lens, which is really why where I am today is because I started healing the healing journey for myself and then eventually found myself to functional medicine, studying functional nutrition there's so much more I could say, but I feel like I should pause and let you interject (laughs) something or ask a question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I find that a lot of people, especially like practitioners in this space have gone through some sort of health crisis themselves and have healed from it, have learned from it. And now they're like, okay, look, like I really just want to help other people. And that kind of sounds like exactly what you went through. And I think that's awesome. And it's Also interesting that your story really surrounds this idea of stress and being overstressed, like you said, for 10 years, like that is a very long time and we've all been stressed. And especially with the pandemic in the last couple of years, like this idea of chronic stress is really just taken over. So do you have, and I'm sure you do, but do you have recommendations for specifically for the women who are listening who are like, yes, I'm stressed all the time. I totally relate. What can they actually do to help reduce their stress like starting today? Yeah,
1: well, that's a great question. And yes, there are so many different things I could talk about. I really like to preface my clients and and women to really, and men actually, but I like to preface us just to start very simply. If we have stress, really typically, we don't have a lot of time. And yes, we need to carve out time for self care. I think that's really important, but we have to start somewhere. And if we're already starting from the place of stress, we, I like to recommend that we just start very simply and we start with being connecting with our breath. We know that the breath actually connects the physical body with your spirit. We also know uh, through the research of HeartMath, HeartMath is a research institute in California, they've been studying stress and heart rate variability and creating breathing techniques and technology to help people tap into their their breath and modulate the heart rate variability because we know that stress impacts the heart and we know that if we tap into our breathing pattern we can actually impact and improve heart rate variability. And so let me just back up and say something that's just so simple. Turn your attention to your breath. Inhale and exhale and allow the physical breath. The air goes in and out through the nose. It's deep, it's slow, it's quiet, and it's regular those are the four qualities of a healthy breath. And when we are stressed, our breath is shallow, it's fast, it's loud, and deep, so quiet, and it's deep, slow, and it's yeah, it's irregular. This is why the heart rate becomes irregular, because the breathing pattern is irregular. So we have those four qualities of a healthy breath that are really easy just to turn the attention and purpose the breath to be deep, slow, quiet, regular. Those, that those four qualities come from the work of Dr. Andrew Weil out of Arizona. So when we turn, you know, our attention to our breathing pattern, we are breathing all the time. It's just such a simple thing to do. And then we can tap into the intelligent intelligence of the heart by tapping into the energy of the heart. So the heart waves can be felt. The energy of the heart can be felt way far. If you aren't reach your arms out your heart waves can actually be measured far from your body, whereas our brain waves are barely measured just a few inches from the head. So we know that those heart waves are very powerful. And when we turn our attention to the heart and we visualize the inhale and exhale to come from the heart center, we really are calming the nervous system and the stress response. That's like the very first thing that I recommend that people do because you can do that when you're working when you're in an intense meeting, you can do that when you're sitting at your desk, your computer working, you can do it when you're in a meeting, you can do it in the moment when you actually feel the stress response. To calm the nervous system down. That's where I like to ask people to start. And then as simple as it seems, I've got my glass of water here. Water is a conductor of energy. And so simply by hydrating and drinking water, you can actually change the energetic pulse throughout your system. So I'll stop there because I literally could talk about this for an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I love both of, of those recommendations. I try to do box breathing, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm in bed, which for Mm -hmm. anyone listening is basically the same amount of counts when you breathe in, hold, breathe out, hold. I usually do four counts and it really, really helps to ground yourself and slow down and just feel more in your body. And I do that when I go to bed after I turn the lights out, it really does help with my HRV to be honest, because I measure my HRV through my aura ring. And so I can see how the breath work really supports my heart the next morning when I wake up. And then hydration is huge as well. Like I think, I don't even know, I forget what it is like precisely, but I know that the brain does shrink from the like slightest bit. I think it might be like 2% or something of dehydration in the body. So we constantly need to be drinking water, drinking tea, whatever it is to really, really nourish ourselves so that we can think better and be less stressed. And it all kind of relates like that.
1: Mm-hmm. It does. We often think, Brittany, that self-care and managing stress has has to include complex practices and a lot of time. And I find that the average person just doesn't have that. They, We do need to create more time. But if we, we can start, I've had so many clients, they start with what I call islands of respite. And they are these moments in the day where you pause and you turn your attention inward. You connect with yourself, with your body through the breath. So we do want to bring this conscious awareness of what are the messages the body's sending us I had so many messages and I did, during that 10-year period, I did take note of those symptoms. I really did not have the knowledge base to understand. I knew that it meant things were out of sync because as a coach, I had the body compass tool. So I knew that some, the body was talking to me, but I didn't have this body of knowledge about the the breath and how powerful the breath is and heart rate variability and tapping into these simple techniques to use the breathing pattern to impact the nervous system. So yeah, we can move into more complicated ways to manage stress, but if we don't have this very simple tool of neutralizing the triggers... I know last week you had on your last episode was about the the power of the mind and the power of our thoughts. And so your listeners can reference that episode. That's a really powerful episode when it comes to stress management, because how we think about normally, it's not the actual stressful event. It is our interpretation of what's happening to us. And if we reframe our interpretation, we completely change our relationship to whatever that situation is that we deem as stressful.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much to be said about stress management, but I agree with you. I think a lot of the time, the most effective tools and techniques are very basic and very simple and you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to get the latest gadget. Like you can just do it at home by yourself. But it's hard because people want to buy the latest thing, right? Like they want some sort of quick fix or some sort of product or supplement that's going to fix them. But it really just can come from within, whether it's breathwork or thoughts. Like, I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think you make a really good point, Brittany, that we do. I know in my moment of my health during my health crisis, I actually did have that deep, slow, quiet, regular I had already been leading workshops on breath as the original coaching tool, but there does come a point when we do need more knowledge. And so one of the devices that I recommend to people who want a device is the heart math inner balance, because that allows you to see it's not true biofeedback, but allows you to track your heart rate variability through an app. It's tapping into your heart rate and there it's the inner balance is actually phone based and it's Bluetooth based as well. So it's a very easy application. There's an app to it and they take you through if you want, just th- there are different ways you can look at the app and then use the heart tools. So I find the inner balance that was, well, back when I had my health crisis, they didn't have the inner balance. It was a device that I connected to myself in the computer and I got that feedback and I began training using my breath. I began training my heart rate um, variability. And so being able to see that real time, I think is really helpful. I don't have an aura ring, but I do know that the information that we gain through the technology and these devices we have available today, it really does give us information and, and it empowers our behavior. If we know how many steps we're walking, because walking is a powerful stress reducer. If we know how many steps we're walking and we have a goal, we've got the data to change behavior. And that's where I think these modern day devices come in is we are driven by data to change our behavior. And that's really one of the things that needs to happen when we think about stress or behavioral changes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think there's a lot of power behind the data. Like you said, we just need to measure it and use it. And so that, and that's why it's so powerful getting an aura ring or heart math, like you talked about, or any other device that, that does do that if you're interested in it. Do you have any different recommendations for women who are experiencing chronic fatigue or are just like tired all of the time? I know it's similar to being stressed, but at the same time, you can also be stressed all the time and kind of be in that adrenaline zone. Whereas like when you're fatigued all the time, it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't even get out of bed type of feel.
1: Yeah. So I had adrenal fatigue. That was one of the complex conditions that came out. I was pre-diabetic. I had adrenal fatigue. And so I know what that feels like. And there was a book I read at the time. I think it was called Tired and Wired. But that's the way that I like to describe tired and wired. You are exhausted, but you also feel wired. And the energy, you get energy spikes and crashes throughout the day. And that cortisol, the peaks and valleys are different for each person, but Yes, I do. I have a lot of different things I can recommend. But let's just start with let's start with food. Food is medicine. And I do feel like it's one of the things that we need to look at when we are when we do have adrenal fatigue. And that is we want to be eating, we want to be eating a whole foods diet, we want to be eating clean sources of protein, you actually need More protein. You need a lot of protein if you have adrenal issues, or if you if stress has really taken hold in in your body. So you want to start your day with protein. You want to have a good amount of protein beginning of the day, midday. You do need some carbs. So we have this trend right now for the keto diet, which is low carb and high fat, and. You do need some clean sources of carbs if you have adrenal fatigue, and you need those a little more earlier in the day. So you want to have your your fruits, clean sources of protein, your greens. And again, everyone's. it's hard for me to sometimes to comment on food because so much depends upon the gut health and what's happening in a person's gut in terms of determining what grains or what sources of carbs are going to be healthy for someone. So that's something that would be a little deeper of a dive. But you, yeah, so when it comes to food, clean sources of protein, so I like to say grass-fed beef, organically raised chicken that are free-range chickens without any hormones. You want wild-caught fish and your plant-based proteins. I think really my position, Brittany, when somebody has adrenal fatigue is you're not going to get sufficient amounts of protein on a plant-based diet. So that's just my professional stance on somebody with adrenal fatigue. And then I really like to move guide people towards adaptogenic herbs and those can, you know, vary depending upon what is that cortisol curve I would say for people what's what kind of stress is it? So I would go to some herbal medicine as well, if someone's having a tremendous amount of stress, I think that with the adaptogenic herbs, the beautiful thing about them is that they are, these are plants that are grown in hard to thrive regions of the world. And so in a very gentle way, they support the system from within. And provide this, the healing support that the body needs and and provide some energetic support the body needs. Okay. So we've got, do you have any questions that? I mean,
0: no, I like, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm also a key believer in animal protein and don't necessarily recommend vegetarianism or veganism to my clients or friends and family. So I definitely understand that. And then adaptogens are huge. Like I've been taking adaptogens on and off for years and just various ones as well, which is also really good is to kind of vary the ones that you're using and vary the products that you're using, even for the same adaptogen, just to get uh, different benefits and make sure that the body doesn't get accustomed to it too much. But I love adaptogens for support and also just being aware of how much stimulus you're taking in or stimulants and stimulus, right? So stimulants being how much caffeine are you taking in? How much pre-workout are you using? Sugar, anything like that, that really hypes you up. And then also stimulus. Are you just exercising too much? Are you watching too much TV? on social media too much, like screens, too much screen time, all of these things that kind of push us into that energy side of things. But then on the flip side, when you're not doing those things, you feel so tired and burnt out and you need that to kind of get through the day. And and that's when you know you're in trouble is like, When you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, I cannot function without coffee. That's when you know you're hitting adrenal fatigue, you're in trouble, and you really need to support the body holistically.
1: I could not agree with you more. I love how you frame the stimulus versus, what did you say? Stimulus and stimulants. Yes. I think that's such a, a wise framework if we're thinking about how do we think about are what we're going through at any given time. I think that's a really important framework. And yeah, I, there was something I was going to say, but then I was like really tuned into what you were saying. Yeah. There's honestly, there's so much for
0: rejuvenating the body and, and really supporting fatigue, but it's tough. And I've been there and I, I understand how it can be so hard for women, especially if you have kids and you're working full time and like where is the time for self care right like where do women get time to take care of themselves and i don't think there's
1: i don't think there's an easy answer to be honest i don't think that there is okay i did remember what i was going to say then i want to circle back to this so I actually had an herbalist on my podcast, the Vitally You podcast, and it's a really good episode. And you could even look up her website, China Rose Wellness. She has created some beautiful elixirs. I don't remember the name of one of her elixirs, but it's really for people who are tired and wired and it's adaptogenic elixir and it is just really beautiful. I could get it to you and you could put it in the show notes. And then in terms of creating time, if this is would be my challenge to women. If I, at the time of my health crisis, if you don't create time, if you don't carve out time, something in your life will happen that will demand it, the body will speak so loudly that you cannot ignore it. And that's what's happened. That's is what happened to me. So at that time, if you remember, I said I had five kids at home, my oldest was going off to college. She went off to college two weeks after my pacemaker was implanted. My husband went away for three months, two weeks after she went to college. And I really had to, I had to adapt. I had to, I brought a friend in to help. And actually the whole, my kids had to step in. And I think what happens with women, Brittany, we're afraid to ask for support, or we are so accustomed to holding up the world that and for to to being the only hands that hold up the family, the only hands that hold up the business project that we really need to relax the hands, relax the shoulders, let go and invite other people to be a part of holding everything up to whether for me, it was invite people into my healing journey. So I wasn't alone, really to invite my kids to step up. And they did. Indeed, my whole family stepped up. There were so many aspects of our family life that I was trying to muscle, muscle together. And it obviously wasn't working. And it was really, it's beautiful when you see we are surrounded by capable people who are so willing when they are asked to step up. And so I would invite people to be really curious about what are the roles and responsibilities that you're carrying and where can you open yourself up for support? Where can other people in your intimate circle contribute? I think my youngest at the time was maybe in fifth grade. I napped every day for a year and they pretty much knew there was scattered times that kids would come home from school and Before, after the workday, before we started evening, I napped every day and everybody grew accustomed to that. And the other thing I was going to say is one of the things I started early in my life as a mother was this idea of quiet time in the morning. And so I would sometimes we really do have to wake up early, but that means we need, there's so many ways to talk about this conversation because sleep is so important. But, you know, we start our morning routine with our, with our, bedtime routine, and getting a good night's sleep. And then we actually can wake up early. So I was always really good about sleep, waking up early to get that time in the morning to focus center myself, that might include prayer for people, it might include meditation, it may include just quiet reading, connection to the physical body, the spirit, starting the day out like that. It's really amazing how it can set the tone for the nervous system for the day, for the way that we're triggered and the way that we move and have our being throughout the day. So I just wanted to add that in as something to be curious about when we find ourselves in those stressful periods of life. Did
0: you know that before the invention of germicides and antibiotics, it was known that disease causing germs could not survive in the presence of silver? Thus, silver was used in dishware, drinking containers, and eating utensils. Whether it's a weak immune system, dry skin, eczema, sun damage, bad breath, or unhealthy gums, we are all looking for ways to optimize our health and reduce the symptoms we're facing on a daily basis. It's tough to know what remedy to try, what food may be causing the issue, or what will actually work in healing these symptoms quickly. Of course, there are somewhat effective solutions we can get from our local pharmacy, but as people who much prefer using the power of nature to heal, using these products doesn't really feel aligned with our values. Keeping our bodies strong is essential to good health. A strong immune system can protect your body from infection and helps us heal. Silver has been used for centuries for this reason and to prevent illness and recover from injury. Silverbiotics has taken the old technology of Collodial Silver and improved it to create the next generation of silver products. Silverbiotics has products for skincare, for issues like dry skin and eczema, and I'm currently using their skin gel on a few dry spots on my legs and stomach. They have oral health products, including a fantastic toothpaste that helps fight bad bacteria with its silver content, decreases bad breath, whitens teeth, and supports healthy gums. They also have a supplement, which I have been using as a mouth rinse and then swallowing as well because it's a liquid. And this supports the immune system from the inside out. To start using silver today, head over to silverbiotics.com or Or the shop on my website and use the discount code BiohackingBritney in all capitals to get 10% off today. That's silverbiotics.com with the discount code BiohackingBritney to try their silver products today. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I was actually going to ask you and and talk about was the difference between female self care and male self care and, and why it's different. And I think a big reason that it is different is because of the expectations that females, most females will say kind of endure, right? So whether it's child management, household management, on top of a job, on top of society pressure to kind of be a certain way, maybe even look a certain way. It just seems like there's way more expectations on females in general. And because of that, the self-care recommendations that I give, that you give, that others give is usually quite different than what we would say to males or men who are listening. Do you have any thoughts around like why self-care
1: should be different for women? Well, I think that you bring up a really interesting point, Brittany, and I haven't actually really thought about the differences between male and female self-care in the way that you're suggesting. But I, what I do know is that Yes, women, the pressure on women historically has been a larger burden in terms of work and home care. I do see that tide shifting for younger generations. I see that tide shifting. And I also think that for a lot of men, women at least think about self-care. Maybe the challenge is to actually do it. but some men just don't even think about self-care either. And women tend to think more that their lifestyle is going to impact their health and what they eat will impact their health. And I think that men typically get really stuck in it's only about exercise. And so that, yeah, I mean, that's, I I do think that, Men, the physical makeup of a female body, let's just talk about the physical structure. We have different physical components, different ways the male body versus the female body metabolize. Metabolism is different for male bodies, for female bodies. We have different hormones, the hormone systems. We both have hormone systems, but they act differently in the male body versus the female body. Women have this our menstrual cycle that creates complexities as well. And so I think that this nurturing component that is a part of the female psyche is what creates the complexity in terms of how a woman manages self-care. Because in the whether it's built in, hormonally built in, physically it's there, And then we've got the female psyche of nurture that is also there, that I think we are more accustomed to nurturing others than we are to nurturing ourselves. Does that make sense? Oh, totally, totally. And
0: I think there's something to be said about the flip side of this argument as well, when you're talking about male health. Like women, like you said, are nurturers by nature, let's say, and men are very much trained to only look at the physical aspects, kind of like you said, whether that's like fitness or playing sports and they're not really taught, I think it is different now, but traditionally speaking, like they're not really taught to look at self-care from a holistic standpoint. And it's almost, I don't know if they're shamed for it, but there's just kind of that culture out there that is like, be a man, be tough, be you can handle it, you don't need to go to the doctor, like all of that narrative that very much exists in the older generations. And I see it because I see it in my dad a lot of this like... I'm fine. I don't need to go on a diet. I don't need to lose weight where he's so overweight that he actually does. Or he hates going to the doctor, hates being told what to do. That whole narrative is very much there that I don't really see in women, even women who are older, right? And it's kind of changing the narrative of it's okay to take care of yourself in all of these different ways, regardless of like what gender you identify with. But But that takes
1: time, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think that we're, we're really at this flexion point in the modern world, Brittany, where both man and woman need to... We we need to have self-care because the way that we have evolved and we are, our soil is not as healthy as it was in past generations. We are exposed to... Fa- each human in the modern world is exposed to thousands of chemicals on a daily basis. This was not the case in previous iterations of the human experience, the demand on the human body to handle to detox what we are exposed to whether and it's the toxins, but it's also the stimulation we get in terms of information, we're in the information age. And we're in the what's 24-7 information. We're in the evolution of technology and all we're continually upgrading in our modern world and the human body still in the heart of who we are. We are still the human person still needs human connection. We still need that organic. Physical organic connection one to one. We still need organic, like the organic soil. We still need the whole foods, the connection to nature. So we've got this high tech modern lifestyle, but really the human, the male, female human still really needs this very simple person to person, skin to skin, dirt into body lifestyle. It's so, it's so beautifully,
0: beautifully put. I, I agree with you. And it's so easy to be swept away from that. Like so easy. I like even my whole business is online. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to constantly be like, have I been outside today? Have Mm -hmm. I moved my body today? Have I connected with other people in real life? That's not through social media, right? Like these fundamental things that make Us physically happy and healthy, mentally happy and healthy. Like it's a lot, and and you have to have so much awareness around it. That's the key. Is like, are you aware of how your daily practices and your life is really impacting your health? And I just don't know if I don't know if the
1: general population really is, to be honest. Yeah. Well. Absolutely. And why is it that we actually have to talk about grounding and going outside in nature? Why do mm. we actually have the grounding company that has blankets that allow us to be grounded? Yeah. We actually have to have these conversations and tools today that were never needed in the past. And nature is such... So for for our listeners who are stressed simply going outside, even if it's for five minutes, will shift the energy that you're experiencing. Simply putting your feet barefoot on the ground will shift things for you. Going, Having plants in your home has the power to shift things. Having animals, having proximity to an animal. I I agree with you, Brittany. It's very hard in today's world. And I think it really only comes with planning and being purposeful about it. This is where we are in modern life. And, but we are at a flexion point where we have a health crisis with chronic diseases in younger and younger people. We have inflammation across the for most humans are dealing with inflammation so we we are in this point where our we have the most modern medical facilities technology that than we've ever had and yet we are more sick as humans than we've ever been why is that and how do we turn the t- how do we turn the the trend on our health and i really do believe we have to go back to the very basics. That's why I started with, where do we start? We start with our breath. Something so very basic as our inhale and our exhale. And we really have to go back to nature that truly is what heals us. That's why I mentioned adaptogens, getting outside, slowing things down. And if we can't purpose that, most of us, find we'll find ourselves in a crisis that demands it and it can be an emotional crisis because the load is just too heavy and our system cannot take the level of emotion that we're experiencing i believe that was my situation and then the body breaks down under the weight of that so we either decide that we're going to be purposeful about our self-care and how we manage stress everybody has overload of stress for the most part, it's common to all of us modern humans. We make that conscious decision before the crisis, or we have the crisis. And then we choose to change because we want to feel differently. That was my situation. I didn't want to feel tired. And it's really what inspired this Vitally You, my own podcast, my own work, in terms of what I do, work in the world, is you can feel younger while you grow older. I, I feel much younger than I felt 10 years ago, 11 years ago when I had my health crisis. And we have so many young people who actually feel tired and they don't feel youthful. And we can, we can turn back the clock for anyone who is feeling stressed and tired and wired. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I I love that. And I, I love that you focus on like feeling younger while growing older. I think that's really cool. So what are some of your practices that you do specifically like to feel younger other than the things that we've already spoken about?
1: Yeah. So I have had for decades a morning practice. So I'll just start where I start my day. Lemon water in the morning, warm lemon water, like just get hydrated first thing in the morning. So you start your day, Right. And then I talked about going out in nature and all those different things. So I do have a few, like this is the biohacking podcast. So I have my personal biohacks. One is light therapy, and I use light therapy in a couple different forms. The one that I use most regularly is it's in the form of a patch and it looks like a band aid. And it is an energy system that uses your body as the electrical source. So the patch has liquid organic crystal material in different geometric forms. When you put the patch on your body, it um, communicates through the electrical system and activates biological changes. So one patch activates your body's own stem cells. And I can say I've been using these patches for a year and two months, and it's unbelievable how... I have my pacemaker scar has changed my skin. I really do believe I look 10 years younger after using the patches for one year. So there are different patches of different things. So that's my personal favorite biohack are the LifeWave patch system. I use another form of light therapy. It's the Higher Dose PEMF Matte. And I use the oldest form of light therapy. I've been using it since 2015. It's in light wellness. The company's changed a few times, but it's considered an at home medical device that has different sized pads that, and each pad has a different combination of infrared, red and blue lights. And you can make, you put the pads on your body, you plug it in, you put the pads on the body, the light is pulsed in through sound waves. So it's a very, it's unlike any other, a lot of the light therapy devices that we're using now in the market, the body stops responding in a certain time. But when we you pulse the light through different waves of Sound. You have a much more effective means of light delivering the benefits of light therapy. So that those are my favorite biohacks, Brittany. I have another one. I have two more that I'm going to mention. Okay, one is the power plate. It is a vibration plate that I spend at a minimum nine minutes a day on, and that really helps your lymph system. It actually expedites muscle. strength training. And then another one I have is called um, brain tap. And it is a it's a device you wear that has sound and pulsations of light through your eyes. And you can do all different kinds of meditations. And it's using these pulsations through your through the light in your your eyes are actually closed, but it's pulsating this light and it changes your brain waves. So those are my favorite, Brittany. I love that. I love that. And I've heard of of a bunch
0: of them and tried a bunch of them. And we'll definitely add some of the links to them in the show notes. I One of my favorite, I think if I was going to suggest anything for this idea of like feeling younger while growing older would be the use of like saunas or a steam room. (laughs) And whether that's like infrared sauna or a traditional steam sauna or a steam room at your local community center or whatever, there's just something that I'm so addicted to of being away in a sauna. It's so grounding. It's detoxing. Like, I just feel amazing when I do it. And that's always like one of my top, top recommendations.
1: I I love that recommendation. And when I lived in Chicago in the winter, because I'm bi local, I'm in Miami Beach. In Chicago, when I was in my Chicago in the winter, I that is, I did not have that practice only on only when I was at the gym. It wasn't something I did regularly. Absolutely, I think that there there's so much detox power and just warming of the system that happens in a sauna. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if people want to connect with you and learn more from you, where can they go and and where can they find you? Thank you for that question, Brittany. So I am most active on Instagram and I do have a podcast called Vitally You Feeling Younger While Growing Older. I also have a download. It's a checklist, a daily vitality checklist that I created for my community. And I can share that link with you for the show notes as well. It's the things that I learned through my own health crisis. I love that. Yeah. I'll definitely add
0: that to the show notes. So everyone can check that out and also like your social media handles and your website as well. And your podcast.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Great. Thank
0: you so much for coming on. This was awesome and great discussion. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thanks for listening to another episode of biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.